You're now listening to Fundamental Fast Pitch. Welcome back, everyone. It's Mike here with Jessica Tanner and Heather Maloney on the Fundamental Fast Pitch Podcast. This is episode eight titled Coaching Pet Peeves, part one. Ladies, welcome back to the podcast. Pet peeves, in terms of things players do on the field, we'll have a part two later this week and we'll get to the other side of uh, the discussion. But guys, we're going to start as it relates to, you know, the players. Um, Through all my convincing, we have cut it down to a top five, not a top six. I was hoping for a top six because that would have been hilarious. But um, number five, guys, we have uniforms not matching. Heather, you want to take that yeah, one to start? So, yeah, and uniforms not matching or maybe like untucked shirts or just looking sloppy overall. Um, that's just not taking pride in, in the way you look and the uniform you're wearing. And it's such an easy, easy fix. You know, a little, little bit of pre-planning, you know, a little bit of effort to tuck your shirt in, you know, make yourself look nice. No one's, no one's going to glamour shots or anything. We don't need to look, you know, all prim and proper, but look nice, look clean, look uh, like you're ready to play. I mean, the saying, look good, feel good, play good. It's oh, so true. Yes. I so it's just a little bit of a, you know, have pride, make the little extra effort look good. So I, as, as a man, I, I have a question for you lady. So I, I was recently uh, through a, a generous ad that I came across. I don't know why I was on Facebook. They probably heard someone talking about it, but um, I saw these things. It was like a, kind of not like a, like a one piece thing, but it was kind of like, it was like a shirt it was like a, it looked like a regular shirt, but it was like an outfit. Do you guys know what I'm talking about? It like was a shirt, but a bodysuit. Like no, it was like a shirt, but it was like it like it it like fit as if if it was like a swimsuit. So it always stayed tucks in. Do you think that is the future of softball uniforms? Mm-mm, that sounds that sounds weird, I- Mike. <laughs> okay. I- I I hope not. I just keep picturing you trying to describe like a bodysuit, and I just I don't, I don't know why. But turn the camera I, no, on for a second. I'm for hoping you guys. not. Yeah, I'll, I I'm, think I, I might have to share that um in the description of the podcast episode because I'm stuttering <laughs> over it. Just it's ridiculous, but you it are. always stays it always stays tucked in though. So I I don't know. I I don't know why I said that right now. To be completely honest with you guys. Could you imagine the mid game bathroom run if you were wearing that? No way. Well, I'm assuming there's like snaps, oh, right? Like or something. Like it's got to be ease of buttons. Everything. Yes. Buttons. I, I'm gonna. Mike, you're I, gonna have to share a picture. Oh my goodness! I don't even know why I got why that even came into my brain right now. Um. <laughs> all right. Well, uh, Jessica, do you have anything to add to that topic before I cut you off? Yeah, I think I'm just going to add that these are like mine, Heather's, and your pet peeve. So to other people, it may not be a big deal. But I think Heather hit the nail on the head with look good, feel good, play good. Um, funny story. I, I was always superstitious when I was playing. So the like sunflower seeds and socks and tie my shoe three times and just ridiculous stuff like that that helped me get my mental game right. Um, part of that was also, um, whenever I was in a hitting slump, I just wasn't performing. Um, when I was at Tulsa, our big thing was, Hey, if you were in a slump, you dyed your hair, whether it was like a color streak or you changed your appearance or whatever. But like, 
it has that much influence, especially as you get older um, on the game and just knowing that you're like walking on the field with like a presence and you feel good about yourself. You feel ready. So I, to me, it's such an easy win, like dress the part, right? Absolutely. I, I'm super excited because for one, I'm sending you guys the link in the chat. Um, but also I, I just thought of an honorable mention that I'm super excited that I will mention at the end of this. Um, the next one, I'm going to kick it off with Heather again. This is a pet peeve of mine, not necessarily as much as Heather's, but as a former catcher as well, Heather, catchers throwing their masks. Pet peeve. Yes, this one gets this one gets me here. Um, and I won't, I'll preface it by saying that there's, I won't say that there's never a situation where you will want to not want, where you will not want to throw your mask, but um, the catchers that throw it off every opportunity they get, that drives me nuts, you know. This is not the old days where they have the skull cap and the and the mask where it's separate. The masks are hockey style masks. They are meant to fit your head well and you know fit it nice and snug to where it's not moving all around. Um, if it's obstructing your vision, it doesn't fit right. It's not adjusted right. So get it adjusted right and so that it works right. Um, as far as actually throwing it off, I mean you're wasting time and. I mean, if, if there's a play at the plate or something, I want that mask on for my catcher because I want it for their safety. You know, a helmet to your head, base runner's helmet to the head is, that's not going to feel good. Let's wear a mask. Let's stay safe. Heather, did you ever get trucked? I'm, I'm, I'm assuming yes. No, I never got trucked. D did you really never get trucked? Nope. Did you ever get ran into? Have you met Heather? <laughs> she does the trucking. This is this is actually factually correct. I'm just I I was assuming and hoping for Heather to just like go into a great story about how like she hit her and like she rolled over four times and she held up the ball and was like, I still have it. Like, that's what I was hoping for here. But much as you guys were envisioning me trying to struggle to get that out, that's how I'm just going to envision Heather's response on that one. Um, no, I actually always like wanted to play like that and never happened for me. Oh, look at me. I'm uh, mechanically solid. Like I didn't know where I'm supposed to be. Excellent. <laughs> Um, the next one though, guys, is another fun one. Um, tagging the runner. Okay. How about tagging the runner in addition to making the force out? Jess? <laughs> uh, I, I'm just giggling because it happens all too often. Uh, just, it goes back to knowing the situation, knowing what to do with the ball when it's hit to you or where to be. Heather, I'm going to let you expand on this one a little bit more because I know this one's right up your alley. Yes, this one drives me nuts. Um, I, the situation where, you know, you have a forced play at your bag, you step on the bag, and then you st you wait, stop and wait for that runner to get to you so you can also tag them. It's just, it's knowing the game, knowing what's going on. It's, um, you know, it's it's excusable for those those new newcomers, those young ones that just don't know the game yet. But after you've been playing for a year, two, three years, I mean, you should, that's pretty basic. You should know that by now. Um, when you do that, you're giving up the next play. I mean, you don't have a chance at a next play if you're standing there waiting on the runner to get there. So know the game, know what you're doing, have a plan. And you only need, you only get credit for one of them. So just take the easy one and move on. Well, I can't tell you how many times that we've seen it in game where like everyone's in the stands is excited. Like, yeah, we made the great play. And then I was like, and we had the out at first base as well. It seems to me like it happens more so at home plate for whatever reason which is very disappointing in the what? catchers. I, I'm, I'm aware. I'm just, I'm just saying it seems, it seems like that's where, I mean, it seems that, you know, happens a lot there. Um, another pet peeve, I think guys, we have this number two counting down. Um, how about this one? 
no man's land when there's a pop-up and nobody catches it or communicates to you know your ball ball you know mine whatever like when they don't communicate jess yeah mike i'm gonna revise your statement a little bit there's a difference in no man's land like that's an uncatchable pop-up like that's the bermuda triangle what I'm speaking to is when there is an, an easy out, a guaranteed out, and you've got girls that whether it's a miscommunication or uh, just another addition to this pet peeve is when you call it for someone else. Like, hey, you got it. You go get it. Like, I, I, I want girls to want the ball. So when when the, you have two or three players that the ball's been in the air in a, a long enough. They're there. They're standing there. The ball hits the ground and they just look at each other. So not only did they take the initiative to like go make the play and get the out, but then it's like, okay, now what do we do? Like who wants the ball? So, I mean, it, it's so much of a pet peeve that I know on our teams, my infielders and my outfielders are taught to call the ball differently. So we know who's calling what, where's there's at. Um, we actually it's, have it a comes down to communication. Yes, there's tons of drills for it. And it all it comes down to communication, but it to me, it all comes down to like wanting the ball and wanting to go get in and out and especially taking advantage of the easy ones because like we just recently talked about with our teams, what happens is when that ball drops and you don't take advantage of the easy outs, that's when you get punished. And it's like if you have bases or runners on base or close games like that is what just opens up it gives them a little inkling of momentum because it's a guaranteed out that turns into a hit and then everything else just kind of tends to kind of come unglued after that so yeah that is absolutely one of my pet peeves especially as an outfielder and we're and we're also talking about right like some of these pop-ups down the like between second base and first base and the pitchers looking at them and it's just kind of like the infield i feel i feel like these happen a lot of the infield as well um more, I mean, at least in TV softball, yeah, I, I feel like. Infield, <laughs> yeah, I think infield and especially foul balls. If you can go catch a foul ball, like, or a catch a pop-up in foul go ball be territory, a hero, that's man. a bonus out. Yeah, that gets your pitchers and catchers, like, your hardest workers off the field. It, it carries your momentum into a big inning. Like, those are the bonus ones that, that are a momentum changer. So, to me, yes, even more reason. And the number one drum roll please um not knowing your count knowing your outs i mean public enemy number one really right guys absolutely if know, yeah if you don't know your count you you have no idea what to do i mean unless you hit the ball um you know you have no idea it's easy if you hit the ball you run but if you're on ball four and you're standing there waiting for the umpire to tell you what to do well, you're losing out on opportunities. You can create opportunities by hustling down to first. Absolutely. I 100% agree. Yes. And, Mike, I'm going to add to that on the other side of the ball, too, like on defense, knowing how many outs there are. Like another pet peeve just in this kind of situational conversation is, okay, we get three outs and you've got girls that are still standing there on the field. Like, or, or you get the third out and then everyone's freaking out because you've got a runner that's trying to take extra bases. Like, <laughs> know what you're doing, right? The like, four out inning. The, 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 the ever yes. popular 10 you four out inning. That's, I mean, it's fantastic. Gosh, drives um, me nuts. But so, at least we're trying to make plays. No, absolutely. And um, like I said, these are just our personal coaching pet peeves. Uh, my honorable mention, guys, was please don't touch the chalk before the game begins. Just don't do it. 
Like it may be a superstitious thing for me, but just just don't do it, right? I mean, don't do it. You don't have to. Just leave it alone. Don't touch talk. It's fine. <laughs> this is true. I've seen I've seen Mike like corral girls away from the chalk line for even like getting too close. I have picked up children almost touching chalk. I will not. I will admit that, one hundred percent. Um, but regardless, this was the coaching pet peeves podcast part one. Uh, the coaching pet peeves part two is coming up later in the week, guys. Anything else you'd like to add before we get on out of here? I would just say those are those are kind of stick out the most for me. I'm sure as soon as we jump off of this podcast, I'm going to think of other ones, but those are those are my go tos. Okay, and do us a favor on this one. I mean, on all the episodes, please send us feedback, send us comments, send us questions. But on this one specifically, um, we'd love to feature some of your guys' pet peeves through the website, through the episode guide. So go ahead and shoot those over. Like I said, this was Coaching Pet Peeves Part 1. We'll be back later in the week. Thanks, guys, for listening to the Fundamental Fast Pitch Podcast, and we'll talk to you real soon.